Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news. And joining me for such a task is a man who loves Easter so much. He is the Kinder Surprise. It's Mark Searby. That sounds weird. Hello. You you are a Kinder Surprise. Imagine that. You weren't born. You just found inside a little chocolate egg. Now, the question is... Do I come fully formed or, like the kinders of old, you had to put them together based on the instructions on that sort of rolled out bit of paper? Oh, yeah. You get you out the little plastic bag and then yeah. you snap that arm on there and you're yeah. all in 2D. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh now you've, now you've got me craving a kinder. Other chocolate are available, oh, obviously, yeah. but... Um... Wasn't the chocolate always disgusting, though? No, that was my favourite thing about it. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, and to... I don't know if you've seen this, but Kinder do these big Easter eggs where you get, like, a bigger toy in them as well. Oh, hold on. That's a game changer. So I remember once Would I you got get, like, them... PlayStation 5? <laughs> <laughs> no, you... when I got mine, there was a Batman figure in it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow. And I think... Maybe last year they had a Trolls figure in there. Maybe it's the same for this year as well. <laughs> but basically it was a giant Kinder Egg. And I just remember sitting there just gorging on the chocolate. Like, um, uh, can I get this whole side of the egg in my mouth? At, in one, in one go. go. Yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> think I did, but I love Kinder Chocolate. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. um, I, did, I forgot they were even making them still. They, see? So long ago. Oh, you see, you're just, you've grown up. That's the problem. Um, well, I mean, you could try and say that. I mean, luckily <laughs> no, one, no one can see where I'm broadcasting from, so it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> How are you? Did you get a Kinder Surprise? Oh, no. It's, uh, well, look, uh, I, I bought... I mean... It's not a surprise when you have to buy your own Easter eggs. Let's put it that way. Um, but I did, because I saw it in the supermarket about three weeks ago. I did buy it three weeks ago. So it's been sat in the kitchen... Just staring oh, at me oh, uh, until power. yeah, I know it's been great. Until obviously, I'll I'll probably crack it open. I'll crack the egg open. Um, probably Sunday, to be honest with you, and then just eat Sunday. it in about five minutes. And then afterwards, <laughs> have to go and have a gaviscon or something because of my indigestion. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the way it is. I'm really enjoying it, eating it, and then I'm in pain for about four hours afterwards. Yeah, so, going. I shouldn't have had the whole uh, half in one mouth. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yes. Um, talking of Easter. Uh, yes. Uh, so last weekend I was watching the Ten Commandments because it's been uh, re-released on 4K Blu-ray this week. Okay. Oh, this is as in the film, not some bloke come out of a burning bush. Yeah. No. 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 Really <laughs> no. The actual film, the the three okay. hours and forty minutes or whatever it is, two hundred and fifty-two minutes, you know, whatever. So I was watching that last weekend, all in one go. By the way, I'm very proud of myself, Whoa, considering well that uh, you know I did Justice League two weeks before. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's two biggins. Yeah. So I was watching it, and I was thinking, obviously. It's now Easter weekend and films that are associated with Easter. So Ooh, what films one. do we associate with Easter? Now, obviously, we, we talk a lot about um, films that are religious stories. So, you know, the Ten Commandments, obviously, greatest story ever told. Uh, you know, that's there. And, you know, there are numerous films all about 
Jesus of Nazareth. Um, you know, you've only got to think. Obviously, there's the Robert Powell one, which very, very popular. Uh, then Martin Scorsese did The Last Temptation of Christ, very bloody. Um, Mel Gibson um, made it even gorier with The Passion of the Christ as well. So I'm just thinking of Easter films that... Mm. That are that the, you kind of yeah you kind of think you would watch them any time during the year if they're on TV or something like that or you know maybe the kids enjoy them or something but predominantly are Easter films that's the thing so let's so take out the religious films okay because I mean there's so many of those there really is I mean you know you've only got to uh, just quickly look on the internet and you know a website will tell you here's twenty and you go twenty wow twenty but, Easter films yeah yeah Usually but thinking of other ones as well now instantly people are gonna go well hop you know hop, hop. is an oh, easter yeah, film that yeah the animated one voiced yeah. by russell brand um i have to say i think it's okay at best um okay, okay at know. best yeah um and then Bit i thought so i was looking around and then zootopia popped up which oh, you know yeah. it's it, it's got a bunny in it, isn't it? It's got a bunny in it, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's not exactly going, look, here in <laughs> um, Zootropolis, um, it's <laughs> it's um, it's Easter. They're just not doing that. But it's got a bunny no. in it. Okay, right, fine. Um, you know, then I'm thinking other Easter films. One of my favourite, and we've... Um, I've said to you before about this, when you've said to me, oh, can, uh, what's coming up on TV on the weekend? And I've said to you, OK, there's a film coming up that was marketed as a Christmas movie, but is actually an Easter movie. And that's Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, it's an animated movie. It's got Santa Claus in it, the Tooth Fairy, Jack Frost, the Sandman and the Easter Bunny. They've all got to fight this uh, um, right. dark yeah. force, basically. And... The thing was, they they marketed it as a Christmas movie. It came out at completely the wrong time as well. I remember going to see it and going, I really like this, but they've completely got this wrong. I mean, it's all over the place in terms of marketing and release. Difficult, date. though, if it's got Santa and the Easter Buddy in the same well, film. Well, yeah, I guess so. But at the same time, go for one or the other. And let's face it, there's not that many. Well, at the time, there wasn't yeah, that, that a many. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Easter, kids' Easter films as well. So, you know, Rise of the Guardians for me is, is right up there. I've got to be honest, as, as one of the best Easter movies. A real um, Easter egg ever find. Oh, dear. Oh. Um, but obviously, we were talking off air and you went Ben-Hur. And I was kind of like, and obviously, it's not, it's not so much a religious story, but it's got... It's yeah, got it's... that biblical epicness to it. And you're right in that ultimately Ben-Hur, I guess, would be classed more as a an Easter movie. I know they show it at Christmas as well, but... Um... It's usually still on this time of day. It starts at Christmas <laughs> and it's still on now. <laughs> Listen, I'm trained for it now. I could, I'm Ben-Hur. Yeah, no problem. No Easy. Problem. Nothing so compared right. to Justice League. You know, you're right. <laughs> um, Peter Rabbit, obviously, the the... Horrible, oh, horrible yes. movie that came James out. James Corden, he's fine. Awful. I mean, that that <laughs> rabbit looked like it, its eyes. Oh, it scared me with its eyes. And we're getting mm. a sequel as well later this year. 
Um, you know, oh, so no. we, so we've got that. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, Later this year, can they have it on Easter if it's going to well, come out? Well, it was meant to come out last year at Easter, and then obviously cinemas shot in April, so that didn't mm. happen. And then they pushed it back to December, and then they went, "Why are we releasing um, an Easter film <laughs> in December?" So they pushed it back to. I think they pushed it back. Yeah, it was going to come out February fourteenth this year and then obviously cinemas didn't reopen so now they've pushed it back to the week cinemas will open which is the 17th of may because i think they're Uh, hoping that this will be the kids film to see as in this is the film that the kids will want to go and see so it is coming it is coming for for those that are excited about it yeah um (laughs) two films that stuck out to me one of them I'd completely forgotten about, and it's on TV this weekend as well, actually, I must point that out, is Easter Parade, starring Judy Garland and Fred Astaire. Oh, wow. Bit of yeah. classic. Yeah. Um, so it's a musical. Um, takes place, obviously, around Easter, basically, uh, about a uh, a Broadway star, and he falls in love with a woman who sings in, in, in a, um, a chorus, basically. And, you know, whatever else. It's it's nice. I like it. It's kind of interesting. I mean, 1948, that's how long ago it was. Oh, that's yeah. a little while ago, isn't it? It is. <laughs> um, it's on TV this weekend. So if people have never seen Easter Parade, I do recommend it. It's a really good musical. I do really like it. However, nice. I think, <laughs> and we spoke about this off air, and you went, really? Is it? And I'm like, well, it's on the list. Um, so <laughs> the... <laughs> The uh, probably the funniest Easter movie, and probably the movie that most people will go to, is the epic film Life of Brian. Oh, it's just it's a true story. This is it. This is the <laughs> if you want to know what really happened, <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. So, yes. um, is it yeah, on this so, weekend? I mean, but you don't th- once again. Oh. It's it's going back to what you were saying about Ben Hur about not thinking it's an Easter movie, but actually it is because Life of Brian mm. kind of is. You know, obviously it's about the resurrection um, of Brian. Y- yes, yes. <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? In that it is ultimately yeah. an Very Easter religious. movie, but you kind of forget that it is because you just think, look, it's a comedy classic. I can watch it whenever; it doesn't matter. And it's true. You you know you can watch Life of Brian in the summer or the winter. I mean, for me, yeah, cheers me up. Day. I, I think it's absolutely oh, brilliant. Um, you're having you know. a bad day, put Life of Brian on. Suddenly, the world is a happier place. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think there so, are rabbits in it as well, aren't there? I'm sure I've seen rabbits in that. Is there a rabbit scene? No, no, that's in um, Holy Grail, where they've got oh, um, yes. the. The, the killer rabbit and they have to throw the holy hand grenade of Antioch to it. Um, that so that's it. in that. Yeah. That no, um, obviously life of Brian uh, set obviously in, in the um, really, Definitely. you know, the, the big opulent sets. Now I'm trying to think, I think those sets were left over from some big historical epic that had been made. And bizarrely they were going to yes. go, Oh, we're going to pull them down. I and then, yeah, and then they went, they no, no, let's leave them there for like six months. We're going to do some filming <laughs> and we'll pay you, you know, um, half a denarii or something. Can we borrow um, your cross and a million yeah. people? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're all there, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just funny to think about Life of Brian as an Easter movie. Um, I mean, it is, as we said, it yeah, is an Easter yeah, movie. 100%. It is. Yeah. It just, if somebody said to you, name three Easter movies, Chances are you would name at least one 
um, biblical epic, certainly. Which and my three would be. Well, the, but you see, this is the thing. You wouldn't name Life of Brian, though, would you? You wouldn't go Life of Brian in your in your three or even oh, your five. I'd have gone Ben Hur, Life of Brian. No, you Charlie wouldn't. The chocolate no, factory. no, you would. <laughs> so about would the not said Life of Brian. And why are you saying Charlie and the Cho- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Well, Easter eggs, isn't it? Ah, uh, that's what it's all about. Lokewood <laughs> <laughs> Brian was here. Then we all had Easter eggs. That was. Isn't that the story? <laughs> I don't think it. I think you're getting no. a few things mixed up. I, I understand the logic that you're thinking here of chocolate and and everything else like that. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I haven't had enough kind of surprises. This is trouble. This is it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shall we? Have we got films this week? Is we've got films out? this week. Yeah. I mean, we've got a, a bumper week, actually. We've got five films. So, yeah, we better uh, we better put our chocolate eggs aside and get on with it. Excellent. I'll get my mini eggs out. You get on with the films. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. <laughs> film reviews and movie news hope you got the mini eggs out uh i'll have to you mark thank you <laughs> i haven't got my mini eggs out would you like a mini egg I'd, well sometimes sometimes i prefer the big ones so on amazon prime this week we've got the mauritanian which is a great title already i love that title mauritanian yeah so it is um it's a true story actually it's about now apologies in advance if i completely pronounce Oh. Uh, the, yeah, I have the gentleman's name completely wrong here. So it's uh, Mohamedou Oulad Salahi. Sorry. Uh, yes. Sorry. I, I mean, it's close. Yeah. So there we go. So um, he is um, fighting for his freedom after years of being detained and imprisoned without charges by the US government, basically. Um, as I said, based on a true there. story, I'm a big fan of expose films. I like All the President's Men. I love The Insider. I love Spotlight as well. All brilliant pieces of work. I think we can include the Mauritanian in that list now as well, to be honest with you. Um, Excellent. It is a crack in expose of ultimately the, the the horrible treatment that a man endures for being imprisoned because he is apparently a part of um, Osada, Osama bin Laden's inside team, um, and he is subject to, as I said, you know, being imprisoned for years without charge. It mm. is a harrowing watch. I will be honest. You know, tough watch. Um, very little is levied at Salahi. Uh, you know, you, they literally just torture him there out in broad daylight and in the cells and everything. And, and the film shows you it. I mean, it's, as I said, very bold. Um, there's a scene there where he's waterboarded while on a boat, while it's going through the water at high speed outside Guantanamo Bay. I mean, that's how... Ooh, that, yeah, exactly. That's how brutal this film really is. Every mm. single action in this film is very sickening. Yeah, I think it needed to be shown in order to really put you on the side of Salahi because then you understand what he's going through and, you know, being accused of being a terrorist as well. So I say complete, you know, bravo to director Kevin MacDonald for being able to do that and doing it so spectacularly well that we really do side with him very early on as well. Um mm. The, Brave, the, uh, yeah, filmmaking. yeah, absolutely. The the torture scene, scenes don't last that long. I will say that, but I think they're impactful enough to to really shake the foundations of the film. Certainly, when I was watching, I was like, "Wow, blimey!" However, I think the best work in this film comes from the pen pushing lawyers who were sent out to defend Salahi. So both Nancy Hollander and Terry Duncan—that's their real names. 
are going against everything in order to defend this man. And, you know, this is at a time where in the US patriotism is at an all time high because it comes shortly just after 9-11, basically. And these yeah. two lowers american lawyers are seen as traitors basically so out throughout the film they're they're constantly being blocked from doing things that they're being blocked from reading salah his interview transcripts by the military they're blocked at every turn by a middleman who has to read through their work and redact any sensitive information from leaving the building i mean they're ultimately onto a hiding for nothing because a lot of them are seeing them as terrorists themselves which you know, yeah, I, they're there to do their job. They yeah. are there to do their do- job. But as I said, you know, patriotism yeah. was at an all-time high here. Um, mm. So mm. Uh, both Jodie Foster and uh, Shailene Woodley, I think, are absolutely terrific in this as Nancy Hollander and Terry Duncan. Um, I think it's Jodie Foster's best work to date, and obviously, as we saw recently, she won the award at the Golden Globes for the performance. I yes. had seen the film before the awards, and I had already written in my notes. Best performance, I think, hmm, 10, 15 years from Jodie Foster. Maybe even as far back as Science of the Lambs, I've got to be wow. honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's absolutely brilliant. It really is. Because, um, you know, I, her character is this strong guiding force in the film, basically. But I've also got to mention Taha Rahim as Sahlahi. Brilliant performance from a man who many will have seen earlier this year in The Serpent, uh, the TV show on ITV, which I thought he was absolutely chilling in. I thought he was brilliant. Oh, right. I missed that. But I was, I oh, him brilliant now. TV show. Brilliant TV show. I'm a big fan of his work anyway. Um, he's done some mm. really good stuff um, for many years. But this is, you know, this is a, a a tough performance because he's a very strong-willed man, but he's slowly being broken down by by the U.S. government's torture basically but he knows he's got to stay strong because he's got these two lawyers who believe in him as well and i think taha yeah. rahim's performance embodies all of that and a little bit more as well um it's a lot to factor into a performance there is you're right absolutely and i think he's done it perfectly i really do i think it's you know as i said I love Spotlight i love the insider i think this is the mauritanian is right up there as well it is top draw expose storytelling and filmmaking um and also right at the end you actually get to meet the real people as well which i thought was a nice touch because you kind of think oh, okay yeah. yeah. so it's nice and you know you you get a bit more of the story so the film finishes and then you find out what's been happening since as well so the mauritanian for me i thought i, I was I was flabbergasted by it, to be honest with you. Um, I'm a big fan of this film. So this is, I must say, this is on Amazon Prime as well. This is streaming exclusively on Amazon Prime. Nice. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch with an American accent. I saw in the trailer. Yeah. Um, a bit jarring. It's He does it very well. It's not a bad accent. It's just yeah. a little bit weird when you watch it and you go, oh, okay, mm. right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, he is part of the military there. I won't say too much because he has his own sort of storyline in there as well that kind of fits in later on. Mm. Nice. It's interesting to see some of these films that are coming out that are kind of exposés of times I can remember. I feel this is something that's probably quite new that they're now bringing out stuff that are yep. in relatively recent times yep. and, uh, and flipping the lid a little and, and showing us. It's interesting you say that because we've got one coming up in about 10 minutes which is you know it's is in our lifetime as well it's happened in our lifetime 
just recently as well. But obviously, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, coming up. Yes, coming up. So we should talk about an, an actual film, um, you know, something that's um, you know not based on a true story. Uh, this is Chaos Walking. Um, Chaos Walking. Chaos Walking, yes. Yeah, so that the... was your nickname, wasn't it? <laughs> it might well be. So this is a new <laughs> film starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. And the backstory is the fact that uh, this film was made a few years ago and then it had some very, very poor and disastrous test screenings and they had to go back and do some more filming um and word had got round that you know look this is an absolute mess um so this Awkward is a place to start for a film yeah kind of um so this is the story so it's set in a dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images words and sounds that they call noises Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I'm going to be. I'm thinking about it. And can you can you get it? See, see, this is the thing. You're thinking, but in the film, they can hear it. So you're thinking about it, but mm-hmm. others are going. Oh, right. I can hear what you're saying. You know, that's it. Um, I mean, to me, you know, uh, words and sounds obviously can be noisy. We know this. You know, it's just the way it is. But talking about images being noisy, I think images can be noisy. You know, when you see something, you go, "There's too much going on here." Um, Travels world tour much, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's you know it's it's those it, like I said, the, lots going on in the picture, and you're like, oh, I can't really put my head around, I can't grasp what's happening yeah. in this picture. That's ultimately what chaos walking is like, and it is aptly titled because the film has a lot of walking, a lot of running, a lot of jumping. It is your <laughs> typical young adult dystopian sci-fi film. It doesn't do too much spectacularly well. The storyline, I don't think, is really anything to write home about. Mads Mikkelsen plays the bad guy. He chews up the scenery um, very nicely. I've got to say it's a fun performance, but honestly, he's done it better in many films, I've got to be honest. Um, The acting between Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland is good. I think it could have been better, but it's okay, good. Yeah, two I, people on top of their game. Yeah, see, this is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish they'd allowed Ridley and Holland more time together, just quietly contemplating what they were up against. Because when that does happen in the film, I found that kind of interesting. I was like, okay, well, the, the, you know, it, it's telling you audibly what mm. is actually happening between these two characters. But it doesn't happen enough. So we're kind of left with these underdeveloped characters throughout, to be honest with you. Okay. Now the chaos in the title, um, I suspect isn't related to the sound design, but actually I think should be. And this is where the film I thought was truly atrocious. I mean, so as I said, the characters can hear these images and words and noises. If other characters speak them or think them or, magic them up out of the thin air. Um, That one is not true, to be honest. Um, So (laughs) just to demonstrate how they can hear the noise, the sound design lays the the speaking parts over the top of thought. So it's dual-layered talking in the film. Wow, okay. But it's from the same person. So if you and I over-talk each other, everybody listening will know who is who's because we've got different tones in our voice. But... If I was to speak and then speak over the top of that as well, it ju- uh, it's so hard to follow because you're kind of just getting your head around the fact that one person is doing it 
So I'd be a bit like me talking and then go, oh, I fancy a cheese sandwich and then carried on chatting about whatever I was discussing. Well, and not, not in between. bigger than mine. On and top of each other. That's same, what I'm saying. Oh on God. top. So you get your head around the fact that, you know, Tom Holland is doing it or Daisy Ridley's doing it. But then when they go out into the town, <laughs> everybody's yeah. doing it. And it oh. is, it, honestly, it's literally like a sea of voices over who's trying to be the loudest, talking on top of one another. I mean, it's an absolute mess. Sounds like a Phoenix meeting. <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can see what the sound team were trying to do. I can yeah. see what they were trying to do. But when you have a large cast and, you know, secondary characters and, and you know, extras and whatever else, and it's all going off in terms of their stream of thoughts and also their speaking, it's so difficult I, it grated on me from start <laughs> to finish. I just thought it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I really did. I just think, you know, why? Mm. I, as I said, I get what Tried they're trying to, to new, do. But, but it did not but work. Yeah, at some point you have to look at that and go, this is not working. Guys, yeah, we've got to think of much. something else. It's not working. Um, overall, I just thought I'm very underwhelmed with this. As I said, typical dystopian young adult sci-fi film. Uh, yeah, okay, you know we know the the the, the main actors. That's interesting. That will bring something else in. But that horrible noise idea. Oh, dear. Oh, it just <laughs> it was just horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Terrible. It was. I mean, oh, it no. really, really just got to me. I mean, I was oh, like, oh, this is painful excited about this film looking at the cast because there's a lot of good people in this but, uh, that's, but this that's is the shame. thing yeah and you know yeah. it's it's got you look at it from the outside and you go well, that's a decent cast that is you know it's not too bad at all um and um it's directed by doug lyman as well who you know competent director there but uh yeah. it's, it, it's a mess a you real mess this with subtitles can you imagine oh. Oh, the subtitles would be all over the screen, like you know, top right, and bottom body left, and what? Yeah, yeah. No, it was it, honestly, it was an absolute mess. It really was. But like watching a film and reading War and Peace at the same time. Can you imagine? No, because you've only got two things going on. That's the thing. But <laughs> as I said, when you've got different streams of thoughts and then different talking, and in whatever you're, you're like, I, I don't understand where I've got to go with this next. What am yeah. I meant to be listening to? Too much going on. It yeah. was chaos, and uh, you rather it stopped walking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, let's let's stop the talking for a bit, shall we? Play some music that'll help you out, so you can unwind. Wooza, wooza. That would be helpful. Yeah, get him in the egg. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Film reviews and movie news. Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news of me, Stuart Pink, and Mark. Theory. Mark, what we got left? Uh, we've got a documentary that's uh, exclusively streaming on Amazon Prime called The Dissident. Um, this is all Ooh. about the... Uh, many people will know this story already because obviously it was big news a few years ago. Um, the Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who disappeared in Istanbul. Um, oh, yes. And then obviously, you know, it, it came it came to light that uh, he had been killed um, inside um, the embassy, basically. Um mm. So this is the documentary all about it. And as much as you think, oh, I was following that on the news and, you know, I've got this. The documentary takes us deeper into the story than any of those news stories ever did. 
even if you're not familiar with the story or you just sort of knew about it fleetingly in the background, then I think the, the documentary does a very good job of giving you background on Khashoggi and his work in fighting the oppression in his homeland of Saudi Arabia. So it, it okay. lays the groundwork. So you don't work. need to know everything. No, you don't. You to be honest with you, you don't need to know anything. It does a very good job oh. of saying this is who he is. Um we, we see that, you know, he was speaking out against Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam or MBS, as he likes to be known. Um, <laughs> and um, so then we see Khashoggi has got to leave his country and move to the United States because he fears for his life, because he is his voice is getting bigger and those mm. in power don't like it. And what we discover in this doc is that at that time he found somebody who he would like to spend the rest of his life with. So it shows both sides of the man. We get the outspoken journalist, but we also get the loving boyfriend as well. Okay. And I like that about it. I like the fact that, nice. you know, that we, we get everything. But as much as we get that, nothing can prepare you for the turn of events that are detailed in minute detail about Khashoggi's killing. This is the first time I had ever heard the transcripts from the audio recordings from what happened in that private room at the consulate in Istanbul. And honestly, mm. it turned my stomach. Ooh. I don't know how the UN got the audio because yeah. the audios come direct from the UN. I don't know how they got them, but it's great that they did get them. I've got to be honest. I was listening to yeah. that thinking this is sickening, horrendous. Everything, you know, everything was going through my mind of just how bad this situation is and, and whatever else, um, mm. you know. And I, I think the fact that this documentary is going, we're going to show this because we need to do it. We need to expose this. Great. Fantastic. Um, in the documentary as well, there are interviews with people who worked with Khashoggi. So, there's interviews with people from the Washington Post. Um, there's an interview with a guy who has a YouTube channel now. Um, and he started this YouTube channel to expose the corruption from MBS. And Khashoggi came and helped him out. He's now in hiding in Canada as well. Um, there is interviews with Khashoggi's girlfriend, who I thought was incredibly brave to do that. She could easily have turned around and said no. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought she was fantastic in there. She, she, you know, she really had some interesting stories and talking about her waiting outside the embassy, uh, the consulate, sorry, for 12 hours, thinking, where's he gone? Um, mm. Just just so much more than that. I, honestly, it, do you know, it? I don't really want to go through too much more on this documentary because it just shocks every single step of the way, really. I think it is hugely important, hugely influential as well. Um, yeah. I I genuinely think that this, you know, if you like the true crime documentaries on Netflix and, you know, on Sky Crime and whatever else, this is one of those, but tenfold better. Nice. It's, the kind of documentary that they, they should make. This, yeah, exactly. You know, if, if something, yeah, if something like this has happened, get this type of documentary. It is shocking all the way through. Absolutely shocking. But equally riveting, it's very scary as well. I mean, to me, it was one of the scariest documentaries I've seen of recent years. And I have to mm. say, the past 12 months have been brilliant for documentaries like this, you know, like hard-hitting documentaries. Um, yeah. I watched this, and I, I finished watching it, and I just sat there in disbelief as to, wow, not yeah. just the story, but the way the documentary does everything. 
And I just, I, I couldn't, I had to sit there for ages before I could write anything down and articulate my thoughts properly because I was just so shocked and, you know, just completely overwhelmed by it all. It is brilliant, this documentary. Absolutely brilliant. It's only on Amazon Prime. Um, it is well worth seeing. Nice. It's called The Dissident. The Dissident. Dissident. Nice. I've just seen the uh, a few shots from the trailer. It's got former presidents. It's got kings, it princes. Yes. It's right the way to the job. It's got Jeff Bezos in there as well. Oh, speaking of kings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, there's a few people in there who, um, as Westerners, will uh, be aware of. Mm. Amazing. Amazon Prime, the dissident, uh, if you want to swap on, on some recent history. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What else we got? Okay, so let's, let's lighten the mood a little bit. So let's talk about um, a film that um, ultimately is classed as a nano budget. It was made for £10,000, which, you Ooh. know, is nothing nowadays really, is it? Let's face that it. I sounds, mean, it sounds expensive to me, but that's probably a bargain in terms of yeah, films. Exactly. That's the thing. So yeah. um, this is a film called The Haunted Hotel. It is eight tales of ghostly encounters through the decades manifesting amid the ruins of a once great, a once grand English hotel. So this is a portmanteau film with the eight different stories, all vaguely interlinked because of obviously the hotel. Um, okay. It's uh, all of the stories are starred different people and are directed by different directors as well. Uh, it's all shot in the abandoned Great White Horse Hotel in Ipswich. So just over the border, obviously. Nice. Yeah. Um, Relatively local. Which, if legend is to be believed, uh, Charles Dickens stayed there oh yes so some well, history hey. there and that's the jumping off point for the first story in the film is that uh charles dickens staying overnight he becomes afraid of something in his room then suddenly somebody bursts into his room and begins to exclaim that he's had a shock from there oh. the story i'm watching it i'm thinking this story plays out very similar to the classic bbc ghost stories for christmas from the 1970s um, okay yeah which I'm a big fan of. I really like those. Yeah, um, yeah. It, to be honest, in fact, I think the majority of films in this um, homage M.R. James's work uh, and those ghost stories for Christmas, and not in a bad way either. Um, I really like the story that's set in 1997 as well, where there's two youngsters who take cleaning jobs in the hotel, and one of them finds that the room she's just cleaned and then goes back into has completely been messed up again, basically. Oh, um, no, the worst kind of ghost ever. Yeah, I mean, what can we do with this? Oh. <laughs> um, as I said, you know, £10,000 really doesn't go that far. I mean, don't forget they would have had to hire the, the hotel. A lot of people I know involved. A, and... Yeah, a lot of people involved as well. Um, yeah. But for £10,000, interestingly, it doesn't opt to do buckets of blood or gore or, you know, anything else like that. There's hardly any of that. Instead, it goes for chills. You know, it turns the blood cold, basically. It's very well put together because th there has to be a certain way of putting these stories in an order, and it's not time order either, that it works. You know, you could just go, oh, put that there, put that there, there, and it wouldn't flow properly. This feels like it flows properly, like somebody has genuinely yeah. sat there and actually tried all the different versions and it's not worked. I think this one works and each one fits the purpose as to the point that it's in as well. Now, the, the production actually has a couple of famous British 
names and faces in there. Reese Richie's in there. Hugh Fraser is in there as well. However, I actually think the better performances are from the people who we don't know. I okay. Think, yeah. yeah, I think they're nice. really good in this film. Um, you know, I, I just came away thinking, because I don't know who they are, mm. I felt much more... Um, scared because i'm like i don't know who these people are they could just be people working at the hotel i don't know um i just think it it fitted with what the film is doing in that we don't know who these people really are um and that helps us um understand their stories and and their scares better as well so you know that that's good i mean the haunted hotel has got some good actors in it there's no two ways about it i think anybody wanting to watch a well-crafted horror film will do well to watch this i've got to be honest fab i haven't seen the trailer this seems like a little bit of a uh, on-screen theater performance in terms of some faces we don't know uh some some funny stuff in there yeah do you know it's interesting because with the trailer i looked at it and thought okay it's a comedy but actually only i would say only two of the eight stories are, are comedic the others mm. are as i said much similar to ghost stories for christmas which were not about um, you know, bloodletting and everything like stuff. that. Yeah, just the genuine scary stuff. You know, you think back to uh, Whistle and I'll Come to You or um, I'm trying to think what else was they had there. Now my mind's gone completely blank. Um, so, you know, all of that is encompassed in here and just made for £10,000. I mean, it's really impressive. Really nice. impressive. Where's this available? DVD? So this is on Amazon Prime. This is exclusively oh. on Amazon Prime. So you can... Watch it to your heart's content. Fab, the haunted hotel. Make a reservation at Amazon. You'll check Amazon in, Prime. but you won't check out. That's a terrible pun. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Honestly. Check you out. Uh, what we got next? Okay, so on DVD and Blu-ray. Now, if you didn't, if you don't have Disney Plus, uh, it's now out on DVD and Blu-ray. Soul, which is the story of Joe, who's a musician who's lost his passion for music. He's transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. Now, obviously. We reviewed this when it hit Disney Plus on Boxing Day. Yeah, Boxing Day. Uh, and you hadn't it, seen it. it. And now I said to you off air, have you seen it? You said yes. So I'm interested to know what you think to this film. Because when I reviewed it on Boxing Day, I'm not a fan of it. I'm still not a fan of it. I'm curious to see what you think to it. Okay. I thought it was uh, it's clearly a different direction for Disney. It's a little bit like, um, I haven't seen it, but Coco, uh, where they, they, they're taking a... A, uh, a educating point of mm-hmm. afterlife or souls yes. and then they're turning into a kid's film mm-hmm. with a big message in it. Uh, so I thought it was interesting to see what they'd done with it. I quite liked it. Uh, the music was good. Um, never quite going to be Toy Story, is it? But, um, <laughs> I, I thought we had some, some original stuff in there. Is it, I, I mean, I it has quite enjoyed right. it for kids' film. Well... Graham Norton to, was a bit strange. I don't know why. It, he was yeah, it's like the, it's the weirdest thing. Like when I saw it, and they went, Graham Norton is playing um, Moonwind, the 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 pirate, who I like in it. Actually, I think he's good fun. Um, I'm like, what the, the Graham Norton? They're like, yeah. I'm the, like, okay, fine. Yeah, Graham Norton, yeah. and he does a good job. I thought. I thought he was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the storyline that takes place in the other realm. Um, the youth seminar realm, basically, mm. which is where the humans go um, when they die. I thought it was really impressive. I really liked it. I thought the animation was absolutely brilliant in there as well. 
um, especially when they animated. Yeah, very dreamy, um, very um, rich colours, you know, purples and reds and blues. Um, I thought all of that was really good. And it kind of felt like a spiritual sequel to Inside Out, which, by the way, is one of my favourite Pixar films. Yeah. So I I really liked that. What I didn't like is when they went back into Joe's body and did what I can only describe as one of the worst things ever, which is a body swap. So we have this infant soul Mm. that lands in Joe and Joe turns into a fat cat, basically. Well, his soul goes into a fat cat. Um, (laughs) I I didn't find that funny. I felt like we've seen all of this before. Um, I felt it lazy writing, to be honest with you, just in terms of, oh, it's, it's going to be funny. We'll do the fat cat jokes and it can't get through things and whatever. I found that quite... Yeah, that was a bit basic. Yeah, I found yeah, it basic yeah. and, you know, kind of kind of beneath Pixar, to be honest with you. That's the thing. When you come off something like Inside mm. Out, which um, the director, Pete Doctor, actually did, and it feels like now he's gone, well, people loved Inside Out because it was a good fun flick but it was also talking about um psychology and you know uh, uh, people's minds uh and and mental health and everything else like that and i think somewhere along the line he's gone right okay let's start talking about existentialism in a a children's film and i think it's kind of lost its way in that it's going right we're going to go down the rabbit hole of freud or you know somebody like that um or carl jung and we're going to infuse the film with all of these ideas and you can go well, but you've forgotten and then you you're making swapping over with a yeah you've kind person. of forgotten that you're making dogs. a kid's film well not a kids yeah. film a family film really and instead I, I felt like it had gone too far down that rabbit hole i'm still not a fan of this um i th- i think it just it just lacks a lot. Of, it lacks soul. So I mean, pardon, obviously. Yeah, oh. pardon the thing. But it does. That's what for me. It lacked it. I know there's people out there who liked it. You liked it. Obviously, that's fine. Um, but I just, I just felt like it was a one of the poorer Disney Pixar offerings. And the unfortunate thing is, over yeah. the past few years, I've seen a few more of those, and I'm thinking, I don't know. Ooh what's happening there and who's checking the quality mm. need never tour story no we don't i tell you what we need <laughs> we need a spin off no 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 we, we need a spin off for 4k oh no that would be fun wouldn't it? 4k to me yes is the best toy story character bar none <gasps> and people are going to say well, there's already a, a a series of shorts with 4k on disney plus i've seen them I've yeah. laughed at every single one of them. Give me a Forky film. I need to see more of him. Forky goes to Hollywood. Honestly, do you know, when I went to see Toy Story 4, I was in bits the first time he turned up. And every time he was on screen, I was crying with laughter. And then when uh, it hit Blu-ray, I sat at home and watched it with my other half. And I was just, I was in tears of laughter. <laughs> watching it and she's going oh she's like i can't would you like this in the cinema i'm like yes i said honestly the best character the absolute best character really was um yeah so you know yes please yes yes forky and furious (laughs) forky weddings and a funeral oh no i just want no forky (laughs) in 4k 4k forky yeah (laughs) Send your uh, Forky suggestions to 
at Stu Pink on Twitter. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any forky uh, suggestions, stories? Forkier film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark, what can we watch on the telly box this Easter weekend? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an extended weekend. As I said, you know, Easter Parade is, is on the TV box. Um, but I've gone for two very different, very different opposite ends of the scale here. <laughs> so Saturday night at 9pm on Channel 4 is the TV premiere of Black Klansman, which is the... Um, Spike Lee film starring John David Washington, Adam Driver's in there as well. And Mm. it is the true story of an African-American man infiltrating the KKK and them not being aware of the colour of his skin. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I'm watching it and thinking, okay, at some point they're going to get it. They're going to get it. (laughs) And I'm watching it thinking... Well, yeah, okay, artistic license. I get home, I read up about it. They had no clue until it was exposed later on. And I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. (laughs) The film is really good. It's a typical Spike Lee thing that you've got a lot of fun in there, but at the same time, a lot of hard hitting uh, Mm. talk about race, certainly in the US, which obviously, you know, is more prescient than ever before. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, you've got to watch it. As I said, the fact that they had no idea that an African-American man had infiltrated the KKK, <laughs> is, it, it just boggles my mind. It's brilliant. It's such, it, honestly, bravo to, to that person, really. But So that is Amazing. Saturday night, 9pm on Channel 4. And cool. then I thought, hmm. Bank Holiday Monday. What's good on the telly box on Bank Holiday Monday? Oh, yeah. I've dug out 6pm, Sony Movies Classic, Oliver. Oliver, oh. Yes, Please, sir, can I have some more, Oliver? Uh, Well, you can have some more. It's on Monday, so yeah. Yeah. And then it's repeated as well, so you can have more, more. You can have some. Do it again. Um, But (laughs) the reason I picked this as well is I've just finished reading a book all about Oliver Reed. Now, obviously, you know, people, oh, Hellraiser, and he liked to drink and whatever else. But there was a big section about Oliver in that. I'm not going to go into it because, you know, you can read the book. Um, Mm. But it just reminded me as to how good he is in this film. I mean, Ron Moody mainly gets applauded. I've got to be honest. Harry Seacombe's very good in it as well. Um, And, you know, Mark Lester obviously disappeared and now he's sort of back doing the the Comic-Con circuit. Um, But really, I was thinking back and I'm like, yeah, Oliver Reed is fantastic in this. He's really good. But everybody's really good in it. That's the thing. It's one of those Mm. films that... um, you you kind of, you're aware of you know it's like we were talking earlier about the Ten Commandments you're aware of you've seen it but how when was the last time you really saw it um, yeah so this seen the age of it 1968 although it didn't feel like it was a 1968 film it, it, it feels new enough that's the thing it's a yeah. period piece that doesn't show its age as in yeah. when it was filmed. Um, that's the thing. I really like this. Mm. Um, I mean, I grew up on this. I've got to be honest. I, I've seen a few different versions of it as well. One was filmed in my hometown in the 80s as well. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah. Were you Oliver? No. Did you get a chance to become an extra? Did no. Standing there holding a bowl of porridge, <laughs> stealing some change. No, I did. No, no, not none uh, of that. Oh. None of that. No, I'm afraid not. Um, but, you know, look, let's face it. This is still the best. Amazing. Oliver, when's it on? Uh, so 6 p.m. on Sony Movies Classic on Monday. So basically, you know, you get to Monday, sort of late afternoon, you think, oh, I'm just going to sit on the sofa and just watch something. Oliver's on. I mean, huh. yeah. And then by the end of the film, guarantee you'll be going, 
Consider yourself. Oh, no, 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 oh, don't, don't, it's gonna no, be in your no. For the whole week, isn't oh. it? <laughs> awesome. What have we got to look forward to next week, Mark? Do we know? So next week we've got... Uh, a time-travelling comedy, which has been described as one of the best time-travelling comedies since Groundhog Day. Oh, yes. Excellent. Groundhog uh, Day. We've got a British horror film called Rose as well. And then oh. on DVD and Blu-ray, we've got Synchronic starring Anthony Mackie. And then also we've got, uh, well, both of these films actually are sort of head twisty one synchronic is and then also we've got a film called come true which is a psychological thriller slash drama oh excellent mm. we'll bring our psychological minds to, <laughs> to melt them this time next week <laughs> and we'll all book a session afterwards we will need a session we will <laughs> excellent got any spare mini eggs no i've eaten them all now oh mate oh. Gonna have to go and grab your Kinder Surprise. <laughs> have a good Easter. I will do. You too. Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to film reviews and movie news. Every Friday, we lift the curtain on cinema with the big movie news of the week, reviews of the latest cinema, DVD and on-demand film releases, plus a few weekly TV picks too. We've been doing this podcast for years now and you can catch up on all of our episodes on Phoenix FM or if you search for film reviews and movie news wherever you get your podcasts from or go to Stuart Pink wordpress.com and we'll do this all again next week with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby Film Reviews and Movie News